Good morning. Are y'all doing well? Are y'all, oh man, that was so lame. Are y'all doing well? All right, all right. It's good to be here this morning. Um, man, the presence of God in this place is amazing. Amazing, amazing. And uh, anything that you desire or hope for or want, uh, we can find in his presence and um before i get going too much here i just want to e- encourage you uh to bring some friends with you and family with you for easter sunday it's going to be an amazing time around here friday night i mean i'm sorry saturday night at five and then um sunday morning at nine and eleven but in between we're gonna be doing baptisms so if you have not if you want to be baptized this coming sunday please uh you can sign up out there or you can stand up matt you can see this good looking guy right here or peyton the guy that was playing to get to up here leading a while ago any of the good looking guys up here you can see them and uh they'll 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 uh, connect with you but it's gonna be a great sunday are y'all excited about it all right all right easter love easter um I just feel like this so, so strongly um, that God is just desiring over the last co- uh, couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, Michelle was just mentioning it. The worship has been not just musically done well, not just talent, not just, just, not just excellence, but the presence of God has been on it in a special way. Can I get a better amen? amen? And I feel like the Lord is just knocking on our door. I think the Lord is knocking on our door, and he is, he is wanting to uh, break in. Like, he's wanting to come in. And he desires for there to be an encounter, a personal encounter with him. And, and, and I don't know, I, I was thinking this morning, and I, I want you to understand what I'm about to say, because I'm not rebuking or getting on to anyone or fussing at anyone. I, I just, I just was, had this thought this morning, is that our life is, um, let, let me back up with this. How, many, how many's been in church for like 20 years? You've been in church, you've been going to church for at least 20 years, at least 20. How many's been going to church for at least 30 years? Come on. How many's been going, I'm just going to stop there because I don't want to start, people say, oh, well, they're old. How many's been going to church a long time, like a long time, all right? I was telling our youth team a few weeks ago, we were talking about youth service, and I was like, when I was a youth pastor, I didn't have to, cons- was never concerned about how to get youth to youth service. That was never one of my concerns because the parents were bringing their kids to youth service whether they wanted to or not. They were coming to youth service. And I know a lot of people have been burnt out over that and, and all of that kind of thing. You know, I get, I get it. I understand that. You know, there's been a lot of pressure sometimes about being pushed and, and, and driven and manipulated and all of those kind of things that can happen. But I want to tell you something. There's another side of that story. There's the side of the story that says it's priority. And it's God first in my life. And I want to be in the house of the Lord. I want to be I want to be participating when there's an opportunity for 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 our worship and there's an opportunity for word I want to be participating. But what I want to talk to you about today is even more important than that. And that's a daily encounter with God. 
And I think because we have so much going on in our life, I mean, I know last Sunday, uh, I guess it was last Sunday, that my wife wasn't here because we had soccer on Sunday morning, you know, so she, she wasn't here uh, in first service. And we, we just now got into sports. Our, kid, our older kids didn't do sports. But I know all of those things happening, soccer and dance and yada, 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 cheer and everything else. And I'm for all that. I think it is good to keep our kids involved. But there's this knocking on our door and God saying, I want to come in. I want to be with you. I want to have an encounter with you. And what I don't want us to do is get so busy with life, so busy with things going on in our lives that we miss these moments of encounter with God. Because I'm going to tell you, one moment in the presence of God will transform your life. No matter what's going on in your world, I'm not even talking about when life is bad. Sometimes we're, we, we look for an encounter with God when we're, we're, when we're in need of him. I'm talking about just the encounter with God because we want to be with him. And because he wants to be with us. I'm talking about that intimate place with God that's, that goes beyond us just, us just needing God, but us desiring his presence. And in that moment, in that moment when we're with him, it can transform our whole view, our whole idea, our whole, whole thinking. It can wake up the things inside of us that God created us for. It can stir up the fire that was, it was in us. And I never, want, I never want to miss this opportunity. I never want to miss this opportunity. I had my wife here first service, and I, my kids would be embarrassed me to do it to them. But I had my wife here the first service, and I just had her come sit in my lap. So if you can imagine that this morning, just sitting in my lap. I think that's the way the Father wants to do. He wants us to come just sit in his lap where we can spend that time with him. I remember a few years ago when this hit me so hard that, 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 that God just wanted me to come into that place and sit with him. And my whole, it transformed my whole prayer life. My prayer life prior to this had been a prayer life of going and, and with my list of things to do. I remember, I remember going when I was a kid, I'd go to the prayer room. And there was this lady that prayed in our prayer room every Sunday. And, you know, we would go early to pray. And she would pray for everybody in the church. And don't ever confess your sins to her because she's going to be praying for them out loud. Like, God bless sister so-and-so. She's blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, Jesus, don't tell her what you've done. She's, she's interceding loudly for you. But I remember going into church and going into the prayer room, and our, I was almost subconsciously trained that coming to the prayer rooms to give God a list of stuff. To give God your list of needs, your list of things, and, and you share your list with God. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want to hear your list. He's okay with that. But I found that when I found the most intimate times of my prayer is when I just went and sat with him. And he shared his heart with me. And I just took my Bible and I took a, a, a pen and a piece of paper or my iPad or my phone or whatever. And I just began to write down the things that he was saying to me. 
And oftentimes it was just a moment where I, f- I, I would just feel his presence, just his love. And nothing would be said. It's kind of like going on a date with your wife and you just sit there at the table and you stare at each other. You, there's nothing else to say. I love you. It's just that moment of being together that's so important. And so this morning, I really feel like God is trying to say to us that I want to have an encounter with you that changes the way you see me. So we read through the Gospels and we hear that we look at the story and the life of Jesus. And and most of us in this room have heard uh, uh, the story of the cross and we've heard the story of the resurrection and we've heard the stories of the old testament and the bible and we've heard the miracles of jesus and we've heard all of these stories about him but he wants to have this personal encounter with us and i think it's so cool that this passage of scripture continues to jump out at me over and over in john 5 so jesus said i speak to you this timeless truth The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see the father doing. For the son does the same works as his father. Because the father loves his son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he is about to do. And you will all be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. For just like the Father has power to raise the dead, the Son will raise the dead and give life to whomever he wants. You know, the interesting thing about this passage of Scripture that, that Jesus uh, went around just doing what the Father said do, he, he did not have, you know, we read the miracles of Jesus, but in the miracles of Jesus, we never find him having a healing crusade. There was never one time it's like, okay, we're announcing a healing crusade. Everybody show up, people are going to be healed. You know what Jesus did? He went about doing good wherever he was at. When he was at the marketplace, he was healing folks. When he was in the synagogue, he was healing folks. Wherever Jesus was, he was healing people, and miracles were taking place, and people's lives were being transformed and changed because they were encountering something that they had never encountered before. But everything that he was doing was to give glory to God and not to himself he was not doing anything just to gain attention but everything had purpose and when we talk about the life of Jesus and the supernatural things he did and we think about the first miracle and we often say the first miracle is when he turned the water into wine but really the first miracle was the very birth of Jesus he was supernaturally came into this earth and everything that flowed out of him from that day forward was supernatural things Miracles taking place and lives being changed and transformation happening. And we look at, look at the order of his life and, 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 and how much uh, he just gave himself to the purpose of God. And everything that God, everything that, the, that God ordained was fulfilled through Jesus' life had purpose on it you know jesus never did miracles that didn't have purpose he didn't do miracles just to say whoa watch me pull this rabbit out of the hat or let me gain some attention but he did miracles because people had needs and when we understand that when he did miracles because people had needs it was greater than even the need it was because of the encounter he wanted to have with them are you with me today Oftentimes we'd see where Jesus healed the sick and then he'd say, go your way and sin no more. He was basically saying, hey, look, you've encountered me. Now live your life differently. 
Um, <laughs> when we encounter Jesus, there ought to be something that says we're going to live our lives differently. We're going to live our lives differently than we did before because we're carrying something in us that we've never carried before. We have encountered him, and now this changes everything in our lives. We look at the story in John where Jesus turns the water into wine. And, and what happened even in the story is as Mary turned to Jesus and she said, uh, son, I mean, uh, we're out of wine here and we need you to make some new wine. And, and Jesus like, no, it's not my hour. My time has not come. This is not my season. I'm not ready. But out of obedience, I, I guess I'm going to do what, what you said do because I just feel like in this passage of Scripture that Jesus knew that God would be honored in this situation as his obedience to his mother. And so he said, my dear one, talking to his mother, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me, for my hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. He is saying, when I perform this miracle and people see this miracle, it's going to change everything. Because when I perform this miracle, people are going to know what I'm carrying. And so the story goes that Jesus performed the miracle, and he just took some old water, some old water, and he, and he turned it into wine. And, and then the, 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 the party leader, the master of the house of man, why have you saved the best wine for last? This miracle was not substandard. Is anybody with me this morning? This miracle is not substandard. It was better than it ever been before. I just want to tell you, when the Lord encounters you, it's going to be better than it's ever been before. It's going to be greater than it's ever been before. And so we look in the miracles of Jesus, and every miracle that he did was driven by a purpose to change people's life. And John 4, the royal officer came to him and, and, said, and begged of Jesus, can you heal my son? He's at the point of death. And Jesus told him, your son will live. At my word, your son's going to live, and your son's going to be changed forever. In Mark 1, 21, Jesus was preaching in the synagogues in Capernaum, and a man was possessed with demons and began to shout at Jesus. And Jesus healed the man, and the news of the miracle spread quickly throughout all of Galilee. Jesus didn't throw the man with the demons out. He cast the demons out of the man. Uh, oftentimes, we want to throw the person with the demons out. But Jesus threw the demons out and let the man stay. You'll think about that later. In Luke 5, 3, the Bible describes more than one miracle, Jesus involving catching fish. And this situation as we look through the gospels jesus sitting in a boat and he's talking to people on the seashore and afterwards he instructs peter he says hey take the boat out a little further into the lake he got into the boat and and and, and the one belonged to simon he asked them to put out a little from the shore and then he sat down and he taught the people in the boat and when they had finished speaking he said to simon put out into the deep and cast out your nets now, Simon was a professional fisherman. He said, Lord, we fished all night. We didn't catch anything. But at your word. At your word. There's something happens at the moment, 
at the moment we say at your word. At the moment we say, oh, look, I'm going to outthink you, Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Lord, that this is probably not going to happen. The diagnosis is too great. The situation's too hard. We've already been told that this is not going to be a win. We've already heard all the news. We've already fished all night. We've already tried this, Lord. But the moment we say, at your word, if you say, God, then we're going to do it. At that moment when they cast their nets out, you know the rest of the story because most of y'all have been in church all your life. I saw you raise your hand. The nets were filled and overflowing. They had to get help. What was the miracle about? Was the miracle about Jesus saying, hey, I can catch more fish than you? No, the miracle was about these boys needed fish, and God was providing what they needed, but he was also showing them that obedience changes your life. There was always purpose in God's miracle plan. He always had purpose in his plan. In Matthew 8, 23, while Jesus and his disciples were in the boat crossing the lake, Scripture says that a great storm rose up, and they were frightened, and they cried, went and woke Jesus up. He was sleeping in the middle of the storm, and they woke Jesus up, and they said, Jesus, carest thou not that we perish? And, and Jesus replied to them, yeah, I cared. He asked them where their faith was. And then Jesus stood, stood to the bow of the ship, and he made this little simple statement of peace be still. But I want you to pay attention to what happened. Because the two verses later, a few verses later, I don't know exactly where, but just down a little piece there, the Bible says, and there were also other little ships. You see, when we have an encounter with Jesus and we bring him into our lives and he works in our lives, it not only calms the storm or the chaos in our life, but it calms the storm and the chaos in the people's lives around us. We, we, our encounter not only changes our life, but our encounter is intended to change other lives. Have you ever been in a place where there was lots of chaos and a lot going on and a lot happening and, and you think, oh, Lord, I'd like to just get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I was at an event the other day at the school, and, and one of the little girls come walking through the crowd, and she's saying, let me buy them back. I can't. There's too many people, too many people, too many people. She had had all she could stand. She was ready to get out of the place. And let me get out of here. I'm feeling claustrophobic. Let me get out of these people as quick as I can. Jesus stepped into the middle of their chaos that day, and he said, peace, be still. And it just calmed the sea it calmed the chaos in the lives of those around them it calmed the storm in the lives of those around them you see oftentimes we 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 experience jesus with us but we have not yet experienced jesus working in us because we can come into our life situation and and the storm can be raging and we can have all of this going on but at the moment that we have this encounter with god and we understand who he is it changes everything. It changes everything. We no longer look for escape out of the chaos, but we bring Jesus into our chaos and let Jesus speak over our situation. And when he begins to speak, things begin to happen. He wants to be in a storm with us. I told a little of the story last week, but the woman that had the issue of blood... For 12 years, she had suffered with this. 12 years, she had suffered with the pain 
12 years she had been to the doctor she had given everything that she had she had she had done everything that she was she could do in her own power and then she heard about jesus i think this story is so powerful because as she heard about jesus she said i'm going to do whatever necessary to get to him there needs to be a passion inside of us sometimes that says i'm going to do what's necessary i'm going to not let my circumstances dictate to me but I'm going, to, I'm going to say to my circumstances, I'm about to have a change. And she pushed through the crowd of people. And, 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 and I don't know if you've ever been in a big crowd of people before. I was thinking about being down many times, maybe at the Strawberry Festival or somewhere of that nature. And you got all these crowds of people around and there are p- people pushing all over everybody. And there's all this crowd of people. But at the moment that Jesus touched her or she touched Jesus, he turned and he said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, what, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? <laughs> everybody's touching you. Everybody's rubbing up against everybody. It's a big crowd of people. We're all, it was oppressed. They were pushing on, pushing on us. Everybody's touching. He goes, no, 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 no. There's something different here. Now, Jesus knew who touched him, I think. He knew who touched him. But what was more important to Jesus was that he had an encounter with this woman. It was greater than just her healing. He wanted to stop for a moment and focus his attention upon her so that she could encounter him, so that she could latch eye to eye with Jesus and and he would speak into her lives things that would transform her life greater than her healing. I wish there was an after story. I wish I could hear the after story of this lady of how her life was so transformed. I, I'd like to hear the after story. One day, maybe I will. The after story of how Jesus changed her life in that moment. You see, for every encounter, there comes an after story. For every encounter with Jesus, there comes a revelation, a greater revelation of him and who he is in our lives. And and we need to have these encounters with him. We need to have these encounters for something greater than just our need, but for the moment that he latches eyes with us and he speaks and he reveals himself to us in a powerful, powerful way. His miracle came out of his compassion and out of his purpose. And out of the 40 miracles listed in the life of Christ, the greatest miracle of all, in my opinion, is the miracle of the cross. The miracle of the cross, when he was sitting on the cross and his arms stretched wide and crown of thorns upon his head and bleeding from his side, and he stretched forth, as his arms were stretched forth, he let out these final words and he said, It is finished. It is finished. My work is complete. The veil has been rent. And no longer do the people have to stand on the outer court of my presence. But I've given access to the throne room of God. I've given you authority. I've given you access. I've given you privilege. And the scripture says you can come boldly before him, making your petitions known. You can come to the Lord in those moments of need, and he'll answer your need. You can come to those moments of, in your moments of loneliness, and he will, full, he will fill your heart. You can come to him just in that moments when you just want to be with him. 
and there's nothing standing between you and God because of the cross, because of the miracle of the cross. He took on all of our sin and our shame and our guilt and our pain, and he gave us freedom and peace and joy and happiness. And we walk in the miracle of his goodness. Your greatest miracle today is your encounter with him. The greatest miracle, and look, I, I believe there's healing in this place today. If you come here today and you need to be healed and, and you got a physical ailment or you got a, a, a situation in your life and you need God to step into your life, I believe God is in this place to do that. Matter of fact, this morning I, I was with one of our ladies in the church and, and we went to pray for her sister a few weeks ago and she was diagnosed with cancer and and all of these negative things and as we, me and Matthew and April went and prayed with her and she's asking them now to take the to, to take the um, tube out of her and the doctor says not wanting to take it out because they believe she's going to get bad again but her her skin is getting better and her life is getting better and she's not taking any more chemo and while the doctors are telling her it's going to get bad she's telling the doctors no it's getting good because he's our healer No more chemo for me because I've been with Jesus. But there's something greater than even your physical healing. It's that moment that you encounter him and he changes your whole perspective of who you are. Your whole perspective of who he is and that relationship between you and him and how powerful it really is because you've been with the Lord. Worship team, you can come. Just to be with him. The greatest miracle of all is just to be with him, to be in his presence. And there's this burning inside of me, and I feel like over the last couple of weeks that God has been trying to say to us as a body, hey, I want to just be with you. Hey, don't get so busy with life that you don't have time. Don't get so caught up with everything that's going on in your world that you don't have time. Pause for a moment. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend a little time in your presence, and I want you to spend a little time with me, and I want to change and transform your life. There's a miracle it happens when we're with him sometimes we can't always just put our hand on it. sometimes we can't always just say uh, this but we remember those moments and we remember after those moments with God how it transformed us Amen. 33 years ago I wasn't in church I wasn't in a church setting. I wasn't in, there was no worship team and there was no preachers preaching. There was none of those things going on. I won't go through the details of where I was at. That's not relevant. Sometime along in the early morning, I heard a whisper from God. I heard God calling my name. I heard God speaking to me. I crawled out of that bed and I knelt down on the floor. I actually laid down on the floor and I said, God, I'll give you my yes. 
I'll give you my yes, Lord, whatever you want from me. I'll give you my yes, God. And I'm going to tell you something. Something happened on that night that has changed my life forever. You see, I can tell you the stories in the Bible, and I can tell you about all the miracles that Jesus did, and I've read the stories, and I can tell you how, how of the Old Testament, how David killed the lion and the bear and, and, and killed Goliath, and I can tell you all of these miracles and encounters that Moses had with Jesus and all of these things. But I'm going to tell you something. There is none of those stories. None of those stories affected my life like this story because this is my encounter. This is when God spoke to me. This is when, when heaven came down to me. This is when, that, when I, I heard the voice of God. And I want to tell you today, there's nothing like having that encounter with him that transformed your life. Amen. You see, somebody can come and say, well, I'm not sure God can deliver you from drugs. Well, I'm sure. I'm 100% sure. And you can't talk me out of it. You can't even, there's no way you could convince me that God can't do that because he, he did in my life. He transformed my life that night. He, he transformed my life when he, when he spoke to me. I remember when I was seven years old, sitting in my mother's lap in the Sunday school room. And the teacher was teaching. It was a Sunday school classroom. And she was teaching. And she was Freddie the Frog. She always used this little character, Freddie the Frog. But in that Sunday school classroom that day, something was more standing out than Freddie the Frog. Something happened in my little life at seven years old. And I began to cry. And I, I didn't know why I was crying. So I caught up in my mom's lap and... And I had an encounter with God at seven years old that I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I remember my oldest daughter, Holly, we were in a worship at a house one night. And she was a little bitty thing. She couldn't have been more than four, maybe five years old and tiny thing. And she was just doing like more, most little kids playing in the room. And then all of a sudden the Spirit of God whoop, come in and she began to cry. And she went and got in her mama's lap, and she didn't know why she was crying. This is, what's going on, Mom? And she just began to cry. And her mom tried to explain to her as a little girl, like, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. And I watched her little face as she had this encounter with God. And see, I don't know when you had your encounter, but I believe that everybody in this place, there was a moment that you can remember where God showed up in your life. There was that moment. There was that moment when God began to speak to you. There was that moment when you felt the touch of his presence. There was that moment when he turned to you and said, who touched me? And you locked eyes with him and something happened in your life that day. And you see, we get so busy sometimes that we forget about those moments that changed our life. But I want to recall those moments today. I want to tell you, God wants to have an encounter with you, a fresh encounter. And I love Sundays. Man, I love Sundays. I, I love when the worship team is, man, I just love Sundays. But I love those moments when I'm driving down the road 
If some of y'all got in the car with me, y'all would have like YouTube videos for days. Because I'm just driving and I'm singing to the top of my lungs. How many ever had those moments where you're singing to the top of your lungs? How great is my God. I'm singing some old school song that, you know, just loving you. And when I forget the words, it don't matter. I just make some more up. Nah, he's good. I've pulled over on the side of the road and just, I got to stop. I got to, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. I got to take a moment to just, this encounter with God. I know some of y'all can't relate to this, but I've been in a deer stand before and just all of a sudden, encounter with God. He's sitting there with me and he's talking to me. He's speaking to my heart. You see, he's so in love and so crazy about us. He wants to come into the middle of our busy world. And he's trying to say, come on, I just want to stop everything's going on. Because this is all about you. Well, God, don't you have other people, better people, other things? No, nobody's more important than you right now. I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. You bring the lights down for us this morning. Let's just take a minute and bow our heads. And I want you to think back to that time, the first encounter you had with the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, I, I, I don't know that I've ever had that encounter Today's your day. You can have an encounter with God today. But I want to tell you, you also can have an encounter with Him tomorrow as well. I don't want to limit God by any stretch of the imagination to this house. I want to take all the limits off. I want to just you to open your heart this morning and say, anywhere I am and whatever I'm doing, whether it's in the marketplace or at work or shopping or whatever sport I might be doing at the time or laying in my bed at night that God's longing to come and encounter with me touch me and speak to me And we cry out to the Lord, let heaven come. We just want to be with you, God. We want more, Lord. We want, we just desire your presence. Let that transformation come. Let that, that, that touch of God come and just bring rest to us. Come, heaven. Oh, he's so good in this place right now. Come as our prayer team comes.